Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take a next step in growing in your relationship with Jesus. Let's get to it. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Grace River Church Online at Home. My name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace River, and I want to wish you and your family an incredible Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving weekend or that you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17, uh, and we're going to be talking about a story about thankfulness today. And so uh, I love Thanksgiving. I don't know if you love Thanksgiving or not, but it's one of my favorite holidays. And the reason why it is is because there's like no pressure. You don't have to buy anybody gifts. You just get to hang out with family eat a lot of really great food, and watch some bad football games. That's all you get to do. And so uh, it's absolutely incredible. I don't do Black Friday shopping, and so uh, I either wake up and go on a little 5K run or just sleep in. And so uh, I love Thanksgiving, uh, and I also love Christmas Day, but I don't love all the things that lead up to Christmas sometimes. And so today we're going to talk about how you can live a, an, a life of thanksgiving, not just thanksgiving, at one day, being thankful just one day out of the year, but how you can live out a life of thanksgiving and some of the dangers that happen uh, whenever we choose not to be thankful in our own lives. So uh, like I mentioned, we're in Luke chapter 17 today. And so if you want to open up your Bible app or open up your Bible and, and follow along with me, uh, also uh, the scripture will be on the screen next to me as well. I am super pumped that you're watching, uh, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or not. I just think it's incredible and says a ton about your own spiritual development, that you would take the time uh, to learn more about Jesus, uh, to learn more about your own personal faith as you take steps deeper and deeper to meeting, knowing, and following Him. And so again, Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to be at today. We're going to start in verse 11, and uh, here's what the Bible has to say. Uh, Luke was one of the 12 disciples who records this story, and uh, Luke was the most educated of the 12, and so his take on this is super interesting. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. So leprosy was a skin disease. Uh, and basically, if you were diagnosed with leprosy, you would have to go live in a leper colony. Uh, no matter if you were a Jew or a Greek, it didn't matter what your race was, what your socioeconomic situation was, you would go and, and live with a group of lepers somewhere. And those were the people uh, that you would spend the rest of your life with uh, until you die. And leprosy would ultimately uh, kill you as, as a disease that eats your flesh away, which is a horrible way to die. But more horrible than even that is the separation that you would have to feel from your loved ones. And so you have to say goodbye to your parents. Uh, you have to say goodbye to your wife and your kids, and you would have to go live in a leper colony. So lepers were used to shouting, uh, to get people's attention because they couldn't stand close to people. That's the significance of this story. And they, they somehow they hear about Jesus and they see Jesus. And that's where we pick the story up. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. And we see in verse 13, they were crying out. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It's significant what they call Jesus here. Uh, they call Jesus by his name. They're crying out to him. And they call him master, which ultimately means they're calling him Lord. They're saying that he is in charge. And I think there's something to that. Like if you want Jesus to heal the broken areas of your life, you can't just make a suggestion that he's Lord. Like you have to say he is the master of your life, that he is the CEO, that he is the Lord of your life. We say this at Grace River all the time. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. 
And they're declaring right here that Jesus is Lord. And I hope that you've done that in your life at some point. And if you haven't, man, I want you to really begin to explore your faith. And I think the Christmas season is a great time for you to figure out what is, who is the person of Jesus and what does he mean to me? We know for these lepers, they called out and they called him master. Then in verse 14, Jesus, he looked at them and said, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, the reason he says this is priests were the only people that could declare someone clean from leprosy. If a, if a priest were to inspect you and look at the blemishes on your skin, they were the ones that would either send you to a leper colony or even say that you were free from leprosy and that you could re-enter into society and go back and to be able to do temple worship and things like that during this time period, that would have been very significant. It's interesting that it wasn't a physician they would go see. You know, Luke, as I mentioned, was a doctor. So I think his, like I mentioned before, his take on this is super interesting. As a physician, Luke recognizes that it was the priest. Those were the ones, those were the people that were going to be able to declare a person free from leprosy, free from this disease that was keeping them from their friends, from their family, and from their future. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, they're not healed immediately. Jesus could have said, you're healed of leprosy right now, and that's it. That's not what happened. Instead, Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests. So they leave their leper colony. They leave uh, the isolation that they would have experienced, and they're walking to the priest as they still have leprosy. There's 10 of them. Just remember that, all right? And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. The key here is, we're going to talk about this in a minute, as they went. Sometimes we're waiting on God to do something in our lives, and he's just asking us to go ahead and go with it. Even in our own hurt, even in our own brokenness, even in our desperate situation that we find ourselves in, Sometimes we're just sitting around waiting on God to do something when he's saying, hey, start making a way, like make your way towards the priest. And I want you to know, no matter what you're up against today, maybe it's time for you to start making your way. And as you go, maybe it's as you go, he finds a way to heal you. Then in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, so the 10 are healed. One of them, when he sees that he's healed, can you imagine? Because they don't have mirrors They don't have like cell phone cameras to look at each other. And so as they're walking towards the priest, one of them looks at the other and says, hey, your face looks better. One of them looks at the other and says, hey, your your hand isn't all crippled up anymore. One of them looks at the other and says, hey, your bandages underneath them, like all of a sudden they're all healed of their leprosy. And this is a math problem. One of the 10 of them comes to his senses. When he saw one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting and praising God. So earlier, all 10 were crying out, uh, asking the master, asking Jesus to heal them. And then nine of them return to the priest. Nine of them go on to return to their family, their friends, their day jobs, whatever it was. They were ready to get back to their new normal, right? Uh, their old lives that they had once experienced. But this one, this one, before he goes to the priests, runs back to Jesus, and here's what he does. He's shouting and praising God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what what he had done. He was simply saying, thank you. 
And what I want you to hear today is this. Thank you needs to be a regular part of the conversation between you and God. If it's not, it needs to be. We all need to be finding ways to say thank you to Jesus because of what he's done. This man was a Samaritan, which is very significant uh, because he, he wouldn't have been Jewish. And that meant that there were, were probably people uh, that he was with that were Jewish. And so there's a distinguishment here that this man was a Samaritan. Then in verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? So Jesus is doing the quick math here saying, wasn't there 10? So what happened? Where'd they go? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take a little bit of time and talk to you quickly about some keys to how you can live a life of thanks living, how you and I can be like this leper, this one that returned. And I want you to know there is joy found in thanks living. There's joy found when we return back to the feet of Jesus and just say, thank you for what you've done. So three keys. The first one is this, is let, let, let faith in Jesus be the thing that drives you. Let your faith in Jesus be the thing that drives you. There's a lot of things that drive us, right? Uh, we want to make a better life for our family. We, we want to be great friends with people. We want to be great employees. Like we want to do all these things. We want to be great neighbors. Uh, we want to be great friends to our friends. But, but the drive inside of all of us needs to be this, that we would allow our faith in Jesus to be the thing that drives us. Because it's our faith in Jesus that even whenever we don't have anything around us to look at to be thankful for, it's our faith in Jesus that will remind us, man, I can be thankful in all circumstances. Uh, whether I've got a lot or whether I've got a little, I can be thankful. Now, look look again at the story in verse 14. He looked at them and said, Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. You know, it took faith for them to trust Jesus, all 10 of them, because they could have looked at each other and said, go show yourself to the priest. What do you mean? Why won't you just heal us? Maybe they had heard rumor and story about how Jesus had healed other lepers or healed the blind or the sick. And it took faith for them to take a step towards the priest. It took faith for them to step back into society. And they, it was their faith that made them well. If they wouldn't have taken that step of faith, they wouldn't have been healed. And I want you to know today that it's going to take a step of faith for you. That some of you, some of us are up against some odds right now that feel really insurmountable. Some of us are living lives right now where it's really difficult to find something to be thankful for. And I think that there's something nestled here in, in verse 14, and that something is this, as they went. I wonder today what you can start doing and Jesus can then meet you in the middle. So often when it comes to our faith, we're just asking God to rescue and deliver us and we, we take no action on our own. I want you to know it takes more than just prayer. It takes more than just Bible reading for Jesus to show up. It takes steps of faith, you trusting God, and you doing what God has asked you to do. This is not always a gray area. Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest, and for the miracle to happen, they had to be obedient to what it is that God had called them to do. And I wonder today, is that your story? Are you being obedient to what it is that God has already called you to do? So let faith in Jesus be the thing that drives you. Don't allow 
your circumstances to be your drive. The way people are feeling about you, the way people are talking about you, uh, the way you're feeling loved or unloved, don't let that be your drive. Let the faith that you have in the person of Jesus Christ be the thing that drives you. Number two, the number two important thing about uh, living a life of thanks living is to return and simply say thank you. Uh, it's important for us to return to God and simply say, God, thank you for the all that you've done. It's easy sometimes to come to God with all of our complaints, to come to God with all of our requests. But a really great action step for you this week would be, man, what are the things in your life that you could simply have a conversation with God about and say thank you? And to allow this attitude of gratitude to be something that you do not just on Thanksgiving Day, but you do all throughout the year. Let's look at this passage again in Luke 17, 15 through 16. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. He was shouting and he was praising God. Now, I know that may sound a little absurd to you, but this man had just been given his life back. Um, Jesus had just rescued and redeemed him, right? And so shouting and praising, him making some noise uh, in this moment is more than acceptable. And I wonder today what you and I could do to make some noise about God. What is it that he's rescued and redeemed you from that, man, is worthy of a little bit of praise, is worthy of some clapping, is worthy of some cheering, is worthy of taking some time and say, God, thank you for all that you've done. Now, we're, we're sometimes good at making prayer requests, but sometimes we're really bad at just simply turning around and praising God for what he's already done. And I, I want to encourage you to make this a regular conversation that you have with God, that regularly, on the daily, that you would simply say, God, thank you for all that you've done. And then he goes, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. It's important that you and I are returning to God and saying thank you. And we can do that in a lot of ways. You can return to God and say thank you in corporate worship. And man, at Grace River, we have worship services every Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11. And I, I welcome you to come and do that. You can return and say thank you in that way. You can return and say thank you uh, to Jesus by serving him. You know, you're never closer to being like Christ than whenever you're serving other people. And so you, you can do that inside the body of Christ here at Grace River or at some other church. But I just want to encourage you, like, find a place, find a team that you can serve on. Because one of the greatest ways you can say thank you to God is by making sure the good news of the gospel doesn't stop with you. The good news is this, is that somebody told you the truth about Jesus. And maybe you had your leper moment where you cried out to God and you said, heal me. You didn't have a skin disease, but you and I all had a disease called sin, and God healed us of that. The biggest problem that you and I could ever face, God found a solution to that problem through the person of Jesus Christ. And for far too many, we don't do anything with the rest of our lives to tell other people about this good news. And I want you to know that is like one of the saddest things in your life. One of the greatest things you could do is take this good news about Jesus to be thankful for it and tell other people about what he's done. But it starts with returning to say thank you. And we do that through corporate worship. We do that through personal worship. We do that through serving. We do that through giving back to God financially. We do that in a lot of different ways, right? But I just want to encourage you to find tangible ways this week for you to return to the person of Jesus and say, hey, God, thank you for what you've done.
The third thing is, is this, is that you can uh, make sure that you take some action, that you take some action, that you're not like the other nine. Jesus does the math equation in verse 17. Jesus asks, didn't I heal 10? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to God except for this foreigner. He was a foreigner because he was a Samaritan, and this is a Jewish territory. Jesus said to this man, stand up, go. Your faith has made you well. Man, let's make sure that we're taking some action, that we see what God has done in our lives, and we take action as a result of it. Christianity and following Jesus was never intended to be a spectator sport. The other nine go on with their lives, and that's great. They benefit from meeting Jesus. But this one, this one does something more than just benefit. Is This one feels responsible to go back and say thank you. And I wonder today, is that you? Like, are you at a place today where you know that, man, I have a responsibility to thank God for what he's done? I have a responsibility to return to the person of Jesus and take some action and go, you know what? I'm going to simply say thank you back to God. So some quick action steps that I want to give you today, and I'm going to wrap our time up together, but uh, three of them really is that, man, it's important that you walk in faith even when things are against you, that you choose to walk in faith, that you choose to trust God, even when there's just very few things around you that you can be thankful for, still take some steps of faith. All 10 lepers took some steps of faith. And I wonder today, what's the step of faith that you know you need to take? What's the step of obedience that you know that God wants you to do. And man, you know what that step is. Would you be willing to have the courage to take that step? The second thing is, is would you return to the one who made you well? Like, would you return to Jesus, the one who rescued and redeemed you? Would you, would you instead of serving all these other masters, would you make a decision to go, I'm going to return to the one who set me free? And man, that's the greatest encouragement I can give you is no matter how many steps away you've taken away from Jesus, it's only one step of repentance back to him. One step that says, God, I'm sorry, and I just want to say thank you for all that you've done. Maybe in a minute you could just pray and say, God, I'm sorry, and I just want to thank you for all that you've done. And the last thing is this, is make, a, make thank you a regular part of your conversation with God. Just make the word and the phrase, thank you, a regular part. Man, we have so many things that we're blessed with. We have so many things that we could look around in our lives and go, God, thank you. Maybe one of the greatest takeaways from this talk is that you would make a gratitude list this week and that every day this week you just write down five things in an iPhone note or five things on a piece of paper, five things on a post-it note that you go, man, I am so thankful for what God has done in my life. Can I pray for you? And I'm going to pray that you take one of these three next steps or maybe it's all three of these next steps. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for my friends that watched online today. And God, I pray for every one of us that every one of us would have the courage to walk in steps of faith as we pursue your son, Jesus. God, that every one of us would return to the one that made us well, the one that healed us. And God, that we wouldn't just cry out when we need something, but that we would also return and just simply make thank you a regular part of our conversation with you. Instead of always asking you for things, and God, we know you want to hear from your kids, and I'm glad that you do. But God, that we would make it a regular part of our conversation with you, acknowledging everything that you've done in our lives with a thankful heart. God, I thank you for this holiday season that's approaching. Help every one of us to approach it with joy uh, and a heart of thanksgiving. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services, which meet at 830, 945, or 11. 
If you feel inclined to give, you can do so by visiting our website at graceriver.cc. Have a great week, and we hope to see you soon.